hello everyone and welcome to episode 10 of the NFNL podcast for the 2021 season. Here to talk after a big weekend of action across the Northern Football Netball League is Jared Gardner and Nicholas Sacco, joining myself, Samuel Zito. Guys, it was another great weekend. We're always just happy to be out of the house now, I think, after the, the break that we had. So we're just enjoying, uh, enjoying the action and hoping that we get through really unscathed from here and, and have no further interruptions. But at the weekend, um, really right from the outset to have netball back across every venue on the Friday night and having crowds in as well, which was a, a fantastic result. And, and then to get to the football on, on Saturday afternoon and, and through Sunday for juniors as well and have people back, it, was, it, it felt like a bit of normal once again. And uh, it was something that you know, for, uh, probably two weeks earlier just felt like a, maybe a dream at, at some stage, but nice to be returning to some form of normality and have some, some pretty outstanding action on the field as well. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was an exciting weekend overall. And um, as you said, great to not only have the football back and crowds back, but all the netball competitions going ahead and, and crowds there as well. So uh, yeah, sense of normalcy coming back and some, some great action, some great results across all divisions, across both sports. And uh, of course, at the weekend, we called the game at... J.E. Moore Park, it was West Preston Lakeside against Montmorency. We talked about it a little bit last week in, in the podcast and it was obviously always going to be a, a big game because we saw Montmorency was starting to, to really build towards uh, becoming a real contender, jumping inside the top five. We know that it's the hardest test probably in Northern Football, Netball League football is to, to go to J.E. Moore Park and, and play West Preston Lakeside who has won the past two premierships in the top flight. But what we saw was West Preston Lakeside just reinforcing its its status in the competition once again. They've won the past two flags, but with their quest for the, the three-peat, you'd have to argue they're in a better position now than they've been in, at any other time when, they, when they've won the flags in 2018 and 2019. Now, eight wins, one loss, two games and percentage clear atop the ladder. And you think from there, at the very least, they're going to finish top three and take a double chance into the finals, knowing that they did it from fourth spot in, in 2019, obviously third spot in 2018 where they lost the first week and then had to go through three consecutive weeks of, of knockout finals. They're putting themselves in a prime position at the moment to really give themselves the best possible chance of winning that elusive third premiership in succession. Yeah, they've been brilliant, West Preston, and I remember speaking to Armand Saad at the start of the year and just you know prioritising the fact that they were 0-6 in 2019 and, and went on to win the premiership they did but that's not the start they wanted to have coming into the 2021 season they wanted to be have the front foot out and, and just really dominate from the go and they've done that I mean the games you've seen them play this year and, and the game we saw on Saturday is just another example of how awesome they have been and the contributors they have across the board is just fantastic every position they've just got so much talent and, and that's what helps them winning these games of football everyone plays their role and, and they've been brilliant across that so um, I, I can't see why they wouldn't be favourites to go three in a row and um, just the way that Rob Mayorana's side have been playing against these very good teams in Division 1 because don't get me wrong their opposition have been great as well but it's just the fact that they've been dominating um, is a true test to what that club's been. Yeah it was uh, an outstanding performance they were challenged in the first term only led by a couple of points at quarter time and then put the foot down in the second term were, were five goals in front at the halfway uh, time break and, and then obviously Montmorency was always going to challenge at some point in the third, did it early on and, and West Preston Lakeside responded with, with five goals in 12 minutes and they are made of great stuff and to think that, you look at the players who didn't play at the weekend and this is probably the, the biggest worry for, for opposition sides in, in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 because they lost Max Dreer as a late out did bring in Luke LaRossi, which is quite a handy inclusion. The, <laughs> yeah. Of course, best on ground medalist in the 2019 Premiership win. Um, but I think they've also haven't got Aidan Tilly, um, both Matt Signorello and, and, uh, and Garrett McDonough are both playing 
at VFL. They haven't played a game either of those two this year. So in terms of finals qualification, it's going to get tight given the fact we've only got seven rounds to go. But it just goes to show the depth in that, in that side as well. And there's others who are playing in the reserves who have played some senior footy as well. So they've got depth uh, really that's really re- ready to propel them. And I guess from, from the first two days of the weekend, the Friday night and the, the Saturday, I think that's the thing you take away is that the good sides coming out of the break now uh, are really starting to, to rise to the fore. I mean, I, I look at the, the dominant sides we've had in, in this current era in the Northern Football Netball League and West Preston Lakes, as a two-time Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 Premier, is always going to be in the conversation on a netball front. You've got Diamond Creek uh, 1, who have won the past 10 premierships, 11 of, of the 12 in the Section 1 competition, and, and uh, they were a, a force to be reckoned with on the Friday night as well. They uh, won by 24 goals against an undefeated North Heidelberg 3-side on the Friday night to, to jump to first on the ladder, and all of a sudden, we get back from you know two weeks after the... Uh, after the adjournment that we had for three weeks and on a football front and a netball front in our top flight competitions that all of a sudden there's a bit of normality about, uh, about the sides at the top of the ladder, what we've come to expect. So the good sides certainly starting to flex their muscles uh, as we get towards already the, the finals uh, time of year, which is going to come around fast given the fact that we lose you know, two rounds from the, uh, the scheduled season. And uh, all of a sudden, it feels like uh, we're not too far away from getting to uh, getting to that, that pointy end of the campaign. Uh, back on Meadows Greyhounds Division 1, we talk at the top end of the ladder. There's some sides rising, and one of those is McLeod. Heidelberg's in good form as well, but McLeod as an outsider from the top five, all of a sudden becoming a, a real threat. We'll have a chat with their coach, Christian Stagliano, later in the program. But all of a sudden, when you look at how they're performing, the last two weeks at home, Defeated North Heidelberg, then at the weekend, perhaps a bigger test because they're coming up against the Greensboro side, which up until last week we thought was on equal par with West Preston Lakes, or we thought maybe the loss to Bandura was just a, a bit of a hiccup, but maybe not the case. But McLeod couldn't be as uh, more resounding in, in their victory. Jumped the uh, Borough, didn't concede a score in the first quarter. We're five goals up before the, the borough actually hit the scoreboard and then maintained a, a pretty handy lead all day to win by 24 points. All of a sudden, McLeod at, at four and five, they've absolutely got their work cut out. It's going to be hard to, to jump inside the top five, but they, they're giving themselves the opportunity. And what they are doing is creating a real headache for the sides inside the top five because they've eaten now Montmorency, the borough and the Bulldogs. Yeah, and it feels like for, for the first time in maybe a couple of years, they've got all of their stars on the park playing good footy all at once because... I feel like since their last grand final appearance, they've had um, a few injury problems and um, Lucas Holmes missed a fair bit of footy. He came back, he played a great game on the weekend. Paddy Flynn's come into the side and um, into that club and was best on ground against Greensborough. Um, Ned McEwen, I think, had a year away from the club or a year or two away from the club, come back and he's playing some good footy. Um, so it's just, you, you've got this group of good players who led them to those grand final appearances in the side and they're playing some great footy in this second half of the year. Well, if you look at the weekend, there was two in particular that came into the side, both Anthony Doherty and Brad Leggett as well. And you're right, when you look at the side on paper, there's a real familiar, familiarity about the, the top-end talent. And when you've got you know, Leggett and Doherty back in the lineup that has Paddy Flynn in dominant form in the ruck, um, you look at the on-ball starting uh, uh, trio at the weekend, uh, at least on paper, when you've got um, uh, Paddy Flynn, Hamish Painter and, and Justin White as your, your on-ball division, add Lucas Hobbs in the centre as well. I mean, that's I mean that's almost rep- representative quality of midfield, isn't it? So they are going to uh, come from a long way back, losing the first four games. We've talked about it uh, for a couple of weeks now, but 
they're giving themselves every opportunity and and what they'll have to do from here is is keep beating sides inside the top five this weekend though they can't afford a lapse they're coming up against a Northcote Park side which all of a sudden even though they are bottom of the table yet to win a game their performances over the past two weeks have shown that they have bridged the gap and and really it just feels like a win is coming sometime soon and and the game's being played at Bill Laurie Oval when these sides actually met back in 2019 I know a long time ago but McLeod was was humming and all of a sudden started to look like they were going to play finals and it was a loss at Northcote Park unexpectedly when Northcote had had a long run of outs that derailed McLeod's campaign they went on to lose the last three games and missed the finals for the first time since 2013 so I'm sure that's in the back of their mind but from a Northcote Park perspective you have to feel that Yes, on the weekend, it's bitterly disappointing for them. They led North, North Heidelberg for the majority of the game, fell behind late, actually took the lead back, and that was probably what makes it hurt that bit more. There was a goal late in the piece when Ricky Fandridge put one through, but it was matched only a few minutes later with Jesse Tardio converting to give the Doggies a three-point loss. But you have to feel for Northcote Park that it, as it currently stands, that a win cannot be too far away. You're exactly right. I mean, they, they'll have their heads up high after this performance, no doubt about it, but it just proves to Northcote Park now that they're, they're capable of beating some of these sides, and, and that relegation battle now is truly on in the fact that, you know, they're, they're capable of winning these games of football, and they've still got a very talented side, despite the fact that they've lost some personnel over the last few weeks as well, but, I mean, they're, they're a great team, they always have been in this division, and I'm sure it won't be too far away before they do get that win. You look at the weekend as well, and, and to think that they got as close as they did against North Hollywood, take the first four goals, kept the dogs to only two goals goals across the opening three quarters goes to show North Hyderabad. They've mm. done that a couple of times this year where on the last they've just been able to you know, flick the switch so to speak. They did it against Montmorency um, and they've done it again at the weekend kicking six goals in that last quarter but from a, a Northcote Park perspective um, you know, no Lockie Boscarini Mac Grocott's been a good inclusion this year he didn't play so too Jack Sammartino so there, there is improvement still to come. I guess from a North Heidelberg perspective mm. you look at, at them at the moment and They'll be glad to take the win. I think. That, I mean, it could have been a really bad day for them if they, if they lost, and all of a sudden, with the way the ladder currently stands, is now four sides, six and three. At least they're in that that same mix. They're not playing their best footy. They were soundly beaten, you know, prior to the bye by Greensborough. Lost last weekend against McLeod, albeit though they did uh, did hit the lead late in that game there and weren't able to hold on themselves. And it was a bit of the opposite this week where now they hit the lead, they're able to to hold on and find a way. But um, not playing their best footy. We know they're still. Boom is still to come back and Billy Hogan, but at the weekend in the last quarter, I think you saw the real value of, of Jackson Stasevich. Kicked three goals in that last quarter, took a couple of towering marks as well, and if he can stay fit getting into the finals and if North can make it, he's a, a defender's worst nightmare because he takes the, the ball at, at its highest point and, and you just feel that if they can just get through this uh, this tough period at the moment they're going through, they, they manage to at least you know end the, the losing streak, so to speak, at the weekend with um, with that win over Northcote Park. Yes, they're expected to probably win by more, but it was tough conditions as well, which never makes footy easy as, <laughs> at, at any given stage. So they get the win, they move on, but I think they'll certainly need improvement to come which they would absolutely acknowledge if they are going to be a one that's really pushing deep into this September series. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, this is where their next two games are so vital. I mean, Montmorency and Hurstbridge, you know, two weeks ago, that might have not been too much of an issue for North Heidelberg, but you see the way they went about it against Northcote Park on Saturday, and all of a sudden they become really handy. And, and you're spot on about Jackson Starsevich. He's, you know, unfortunately someone that North Heidelberg haven't been able to have in a consistent way. Now that he's back into this side, it's a really, really big opportunity for him to stand up, combined with Shane Harvey as well, 
get the goals they need to, to get that attacking flow back that we know North Heidelberg is so capable of doing. Yeah. And then for hopefully for their sakes, they actually start getting some wins on the board, Jared. Yeah, and it's just, it's a different dimension from what we've seen from North Heidelberg over many years because we've seen so much of their attack go through Shane Harvey and um, he plays he plays a bit taller than what he is, but um, he's very agile and, and can beat defenders on the ground, whereas Stasevich is that towering forward that can take those big marks and, um, yeah, it just kind of adds a different dimension. And if they can get their entire pl- or their, their best players on the park come finals time, there's no reason why they can't match it with the best sides, but we just need to see that more regularly going into finals. We talk about uh, key forwards, obviously, just talking on Jackson Stasevich. There was one that uh, booted six in the reserves. It's not often we look into the, uh, the or, or discuss the, the scores in the, in the twos, but Gary Moorcroft, I mean, <laughs> comes back to, to Bandura. He's 45 years of age now. He spent some time earlier this year with Bright, uh, has decided to um, stay closer to home now and uh, filed a transfer a few weeks ago to, to come back to Yulong Reserve, lined up, kick six, and oh, well, first off, you have to feel for the poor defenders of, of Whittlesey in the reserves lining up and think, what, what are we going to do against this player who's obviously an AFL Premiership player, you know, multiple Division One leading goal kicker, three-time Premiership player, and obviously countless uh, appearances in the, in the team of the year as well. So you had to spare a, for, a thought for them, but he, could he be someone who becomes somewhat of a, an X-factor for, for Bandura? They look like they're going to push towards another final series. Still at f- not a foregone conclusion as it stands. They, with Heidelberg, Greensboro, North Heidelberg, all 6-3. and three. Got Montmorency in 6 with 5 wins, 4 losses, and then McLeod a game further back at 4-5. and five. So not to over the line by any stretch of the imagination just yet, but handy inclusion to help you get to the finals if Gary Moorcroft can uh, can come in and have an impact for Bandura. Absolutely, and I mean, it was a bit of a shock, I guess, to everyone when he did decide to come back from Bright um, and play for Bandura once again. We know he's been, it's been a club that he's been really strongly associated with, and when I spoke to him a couple of years ago, when he announced his retirement, you know, it was a club that, that really meant a lot to him, and he knew he'd always be back in some capacity. I guess we probably didn't expect that to be playing again, but we're not complaining one bit at all. But I guess it'll be really interesting to see how he does go and if he gets back into the senior side. And not only that, but I guess play regularly. I mean, you've got to remember his age. He's, he's had some injuries as well in the last couple of seasons in his previous Bandura stint as well. So there's always a couple of those question marks. At the same time, though, he's such a talented player. He knows the club so well. He knows the league so well. So he's always going to contribute. And, I mean, you, you see him go and, and kick six goals in his first reserves game back for quite a while. Um, it just shows the character he is. And hopefully we do get to see a few senior appearances from yeah, him this year. be interesting to see what Bandura does with him. Their forward line's functioning really well at mm. the moment with a, a couple of uh, new faces in there. John Jorgensen's had a really big impact. Sam Lloyd, obviously, we, we were expecting him to um, you know, be towards the top of the goal-kicking ladder, which he is. But uh, if you throw Moorcroft into the mix as well, it makes it really tough for opposition sides. But at the same time, you've got to find that mix as well because they're all players who, who command the football too. So um, where he fits into the, the scheme of things there, wait to see as uh, we move our attention to MC Labor Division 2. And we'll start with the game at Altham Central Park where... Thomastown took another stride in its uh, quest for a top three finish. It defeated Altham at Altham Central Park, which is always a, a very tough ask. Doesn't happen all too often, but for the Bears from Thomastown, one of their one of their great wins in, in recent times. They had named on the Friday uh, Tyron Leonardis and Anthony Capici to return. Neither took their place, nor did Michael Tang, who was uh, listed despite hurting his knee the week prior. But um, they led for the majority of the day, particularly in the second half. Actually fell behind 
late in the game, there was a, a goal kick by young Daniel Horsfield for Altham right on time on, and you probably thought that Altham might go on and win that. They had a couple of other chances thereafter, both went through for behinds, and then uh, deep in the game, about the, uh, I think it was the 26 minute mark, Kane Slater put through the goal, and then there was another one to Ben Neshi right on the siren as, as it basically went. So um, to, to, to get Thomastown to uh, you know, one of their, their great wins, and all of a sudden now to think they've beaten Diamond Creek and Altham in, con- in consecutive weeks. They come up against Lowell Plenty this week as well, and with the wins they've banked already, they're going to take some, some confidence into that game, but if we just look at what's already occurred over the last two weeks, it's, it's safe to say that Thomastown's really making its uh, its presence felt now in, in MC Labor Division 2. Yeah, exactly. They're, and especially to do it without those three players you named in Leonardis and Tang and Capici, it's just, um, we never want to say that they're relying on those stars, but they're three incredible players, three noted goal kickers, and um, it'd be great to see them out in full force. But it just would give a lot of confidence to the to- this Thomas Town side because um, the contributors they had over the weekend to get over a side like Altham, um, even though it was only eight points in the end, it's it's a gr- great signs for the club. Well, it's the second time they've beaten Altham this year, and, and the Panthers had been their bogey side. They hadn't hadn't beaten them uh, in 2018 and 2019 seasons, and had lost the final to to them as well all pretty close games or, or majority were close games they just couldn't get past them but this year to, to look at uh, Thomas Town's results and to, to beat Altham twice they're, they're the results that get you a top three finish and we know how important it is to, to take that double chance particularly now with a, a top five final series in, in second division as well they're, they are setting themselves up nicely still a lot of lot of work to be done ahead of now and, and the end of the season but if you look at their run from here you really feel that their fate, their, their fate is in their own hands. They take on Lower Plenty this week, and then they've got Fitzroy Stars, Panton Hill, Watsonia, and then the last two have got Banyul and St Mary. So as it currently stands, they're a game clear of Altham. They've got Diamond Creek behind as well, but they've got uh, one less game played, Diamond Creek. So it's only a one-game gap there. So it just goes to show those last two weeks how important it's been from Thomas down from you know, a month ago in terms of the season, four games ago, to think they're outside of the top five. They're now in a really good uh, position to to really contend for a double chance in the final series. So they have come good at an important time. Um, on Banyul, I mean, we, we probably gloss over them a, a bit too quickly, but they are clearly the side to, to beat as, as it currently stands. I know Lowell Plenty is also probably in the mix as well, and, and Thomas, and they're the three that have, have certainly in the last month have started to, to, to rise to the fore, but for, for Banyul, I mean, they just keep winning, and it's uh, it's pretty handy to get a player like Brent Stanton in and, and contribute the way he did against Epping on the weekend. Yeah, like, I, I haven't seen the footage, so I don't know if he was playing forward the entire match. When we've seen Banyul this, this season, he was in the centre bounces, so don't know if he was kicking them straight from the centre clearances every time, but to kick eight is just an incredible feat. Um yeah, there's not much else you can say because he's such a, a high-caliber player and it's great to see him running around for Banyul and, um, yeah, great performance. Absolutely, and uh, I guess we come to expect uh, plenty from, from someone of his caliber as well, but uh, obviously someone who's a, a passionate Banyul person and coming in and having an impact, an impact like that, uh, I'm sure it's something that uh, gives a real thrill to the Banyul fans as well. Um, so as it, as it stands, uh, we currently look at the, the ladder. The top five, there's still that break because St Mary's has just dropped away now having lost their last mm-hmm. three games. Did show some signs late against Lowell Plenty, but the damage was done early. Lowell Plenty kicked six of the first seven goals in the opening quarter and held sway. The margin was out to, or at six goals in the last quarter. St Mary's to their credit, showed some real grit and got it back to 13 points. So the game did hang in the balance. Lowell Plenty able to steady late and get the win. So for St Mary's now, 
they've really got their work cut out because they've played one more game than fifth place Diamond Creek. They're a win behind Altham, who's fourth, although they're a win and 74% behind the Panthers. Even though they're on the same games, you'd effectively say they're, they're two wins behind because yeah. you're not making up that percentage in, in the last six rounds. So they're going to have to find two extra wins on Altham from, from this point in the season. So they got their work cut out. The five starting to look a bit more... Bit more settled now, although the order still has uh, has plenty to, um, has, I guess, plenty of action to, to determine how that's going to unfold. But at the other end of the ladder is where things have certainly started to, to spice up because if you look at the Fitzroy Stars, this time last week we were worried about where, where they were because they had some some really heavy defeats. They uh, only managed two scoring shots in the loss against Eltham back in round ten. But what a way to respond! We, for mine, I thought if wins were to come for the Stars, they'd be at home at, at Sir Douglas Nichols Oval. But to go to Panton Hill, which is not the easiest ground for opposition sides to travel to, and to uh, walk away with, well, I think the pleasing thing, the fact they hit the scoreboard so well, 19 mm-hmm. goals was, was probably a really pleasing factor. But the fact they get the win, and now all of a sudden, they're still bottom of the table, one win and eight losses. But they're only 5% behind Epping, and Epping's played an extra game. All of a sudden, there's a chance for the Stars to, to get off the bottom of the table as we, we push into the final uh, s- uh, seven rounds of the season. Absolutely. And I mean, with the Fitzroy Stars as well, there were obviously some concerns, as you mentioned, about where, where, they, were, where they were this year and if they could survive relegation. I mean, on Saturday, it's the first time they hicked 100-plus points and they'll take a lot of confidence out of someone like that against a Panton Hill side who have been respectable, as you could say, probably throughout the year as well in this division. And then, you know, the fact that they, would, they were able to kick goals, Cole Thomas kicking five, River Company kicking four, as two prime examples, it just gives them that momentum now. And as you said, a game in hand against Epping, they only need that extra win now, which they probably w- might get against Epping as well. That game becomes all the more important. Um, and the fact that they might still be able to survive in this division, despite the, the struggles they've had so far in the competition, um, it's a real confidence boost for that whole uh, Fitzroy star side. Well, they've got Watsonia this week, which, mm. uh, you know, if you look at the way the sides have played this year, Watsonia has been the better performed side. There's no doubting that. But these are the kind of games the stars, which mm. they might see as, as, as their opportunity. So Watsonia this week is one, and then you talked about Epping as well. Nick, that game is in round 15 at Epping Recreation Reserve, so that could potentially be the one. But uh, for the Fitzroy stars, at least now they've got that win, yep. and suddenly it does become a bit... Their fate is in their own hands as well. They're not relying on other teams losing. If they win the games now from here, they can avoid the, the drop, but it is uh, certainly spicing up at that uh, bottom end of the table with a, a few sides now mm-hmm. who are only now one win above Epping and, and Fitzroy Stars starting to have to look back over their shoulder as well. So it's certainly a big one with uh, the Stars up against Watsonia this weekend. Uh, moving across to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. And the top three, well, it looks down to... Oh, sorry, the top two, I should say, for the double chance... For mine, it's probably down to three sides now, isn't it? South Morang's out in the clear, and you'd imagine they've got one spot sewn up already and it's likely going to be first spot on the ladder, although there's still a fair bit to, to play out. But as it currently stands, undefeated heading into July, is uh, yeah, it's safe to say yeah. most would have them as, uh, as pinned in for, for first spot on the table. And then Kilmore and Lorimer are the other two that are going to fight for second spot on the ladder. Both had good wins on the weekend uh, to keep their percentage nice and healthy. But with Heidelberg West falling off the pace, it looks like it's down to three sides competing for that double chance in the final series. Yeah, it does. And I think, yeah, South Morang, four games clear of Old Altham in fourth spot. So, yeah, you can pretty much say that they're locked in for a top three spot. But, um, yeah, Kilmore and Lorimer, they're, 
I don't really know how to split them <laughs> at this point in the season. The results are going to be very interesting in this second half of the season. And, um, yeah, I don't really know what to make of it. I can't really tell who's going to be the side that, that stakes their claim as the second-best team in this division. Well, as it stands, we've got South Bank clearly as, as the benchmark. Nine wins, no losses, percentage above 200. Kilmore has played uh, nine, and so too has Lorimer. Both are seven and two. Kilmore's percentage is 198, and Lorimer's is 181. So not too much of a differential there. You actually look at how close even their scoring is. We've got Lorimer scored 12 points more than, than Kilmore for the year, but Kilmore's conceded 48 points less. So mm-hmm. we're not talking a big difference. It's a six-goal yeah. difference between the two sides over um, you know, more than half of the campaign now as, as they've played nine of, of 16 games. So there's not too much separating them. You can't help but rewind always back to that round one game when they played and Kilmore seemed to have uh, the game in control and Lorimer fought back late to win. How much, of, uh, I guess, how much of an impact that game is going to have? They still, um, if we were to just look at the, the games upcoming for those two sides and, and try to predict how things could play out for, for Kilmore, uh, they've got Mernda at home this week, followed by Altham Collegians away. And then at home, Lorimer and South Morang in successive weeks. So that could determine their fate. And then it's Laylor away, Mernda away, and finish with old Altham Collegians at home. So it's by no, by no stretch an easy finish to the year. They'll play, obviously, the sides currently placed first and third. They've also got the currently fourth place side uh, twice from here on in. And if you look at Lorimer's uh, fixture from, from this point on, it's Reservoir away this weekend. Then it's South Morang at home in a big one. Kilmore away, so both sides uh, have that similar fixture, although in, in reverse. And then it's Mernda away, Old Altham Collegians away, and then finish at home to Laylor and South Rank. So the fact they play South Rank twice, perhaps for, for mine, makes Lorimer's draw a bit tougher. Both of those South Rank games, though, are at Lorimer Reserve, so that, that mm. works in their favour, but it's, it's going to be fascinating. And, and the fact that those sides all play each other in the run home means it gives us a, a good little preview as we, we push towards the finals as to what we're potentially going to see at, at the pointy end. So that brings uh, plenty of excitement with it. As we said, all three of those sides had wins on the weekend too. But uh, one side that didn't register a win on the weekend was Heidelberg West, who's now fallen outside the top four for the first time this year following a, a third straight loss. The three sides they've lost to um, are all the top three sides. They lost to South Morang by 16 points back in round seven prior to the break. And then they've come back and they haven't been near a win in, in the last two. 41 points uh, they lost to, to Lorimer last weekend. And at the weekend, probably their most disappointing loss of the year. They were beaten by 50 points against Kilmore at home. They lost by a bigger margin to Kilmore when they were away earlier in the year. The fact that this was on their home paddock as well, mm-hmm. um, it's you hate to say it, but it's a bit of deja vu uh, feeling at, at Heidelberg Park at the moment after what happened in 2019 and, and they really need to, to turn things around fast. Well, what this does now is just uh, create a strong battle with Old Eltham Collegians for that oh, fourth spot because both of them now on the same points as well that 5-4 and four record percentage only by about 5.5 is the difference at this stage in time and Old Eltham are in really good form as well I mean they had a, a, a big win on the weekend as well against Reservoir so all of a sudden now that that battle becomes very intriguing as well. So you speak about Kane, uh, Kilmore and Lorimer, but those two, um, it is a bit concerning for the Hawks as well, considering that the form they've been in and those losses are very disappointing for them. I mean, it might have to turn the attention away from being a, a premiership contender to, to just trying to make the finals, well, first of well, all, before going on. Absolutely right. I think it, uh, that's what it has to be. It's just yep. going to be the fact that you look at the, the first obstacle ahead of you and that's the fact that you need to now get back into the top four and then from there you can worry about yep. you know, grand of things and going forward I mean we talked about the 
the draws coming up for the sides in the in the top three. If you look at between Heidelberg West and Old Altham, there's no doubting Heidelberg West has the in inverted commas easier fixture from here. They play more sides who are outside the top four. The worry for them is the fact that Old Altham Collegians has won four of their last five and have shown plenty against the top side. Absolutely. So they they're actually yes they had the tougher run home from from the final seven rounds, but they are looking capable of of causing an upset along the way. We've we saw them really push Lorimer and and nearly get the win away from home. They did the same at Kilmore as well. So they'd be disappointed. They would probably think as a as a collective the Turtles. How do they pinch one of those? They're well on the way to playing finals in just their second season in the competition, but. As it turns out, those results don't go the way. But what they have done is, is claw back after being a long way behind after a month of footy. And it's uh, it, it's nice from, from their point of view that they're getting a nice contribution uh, across the board at the weekend. Did what they had to against Reservoir. And um, importantly, probably put percentage on, on the board late with a six goal to zero last quarter. It's uh, obviously it was a heavy day underfoot on, on the weekend, but they were able to really build on, on some percentage in that last quarter. Um, and, and with that now, that they actually jump Heidelberg West on percentage. So they they stand at 119.86. Heidelberg West has the same win-loss record at 5-4, and four, but they're 5% behind at 114.31. So they are now, uh, from their point of view, yes, it's a tougher run, but at least they have the opportunity by winning the games to, to hold on to uh, a spot in the, the top four. So it's going to be interesting. It, uh, it really will be. And uh, I guess the other thing that is really interesting about it is both sides have so much to play for, obviously, the final spot for what it's going to mean mm. to them as a club. Old Altham Collegians, um, would you know justify in their move now from moving across from the the amateurs league where they um, acknowledge they were struggling to to get the numbers on the park and whatnot to to be able to move across and then play finals within two years of making the switch would be a great result and for Heidelberg West it's been such a long drought it would be a, one of the the great stories that they could play finals so either way it's going to be a, a nice little tale yeah definitely and, and I look back to kind of the 2019 season in the second half of that year with Old Altham and although it was their first season and, and they were kind of just kind of trying to find their feet in the competition and whatever. But towards the end of the season, they were challenging some of the top sides. And I'm just looking at the results. They they beat South Morang. Well, they thrashed in, yeah, South Morang in round 16 of 2019. So they, I, I guess, it would have been nice to see what they had what they could have brought in 2020. But now with a year off and coming into this season, um, they look like a genuine contender for finals. And it'd be great to see them play. Also on the other side, it would be great to see Heidelberg West play. But um, at this point, it looks like only one of them can make it, so it's a, a spicy end to the season. And what hurts, I guess, for both Old Altham and Heidelberg West is that Kilmore and Lorimer will still be vying for that second spot, you feel, right to the end of the season. So yeah. there, there might not be an opportunity where if they play them later in the piece, you know, they might maybe the other side won't be worrying about getting the win because they've got a spot secured. Yeah, or resting gonna be players. Exactly gonna right. There's going to be none of that in this division. And for us, the neutrals, that makes that super exciting because we've, we've spoken about how even this division was at the start of the year. Well, it's been justified halfway through the competition already. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's that certainly uh, coming to a, a really exciting end and there's still plenty of footy to be played, which makes it exciting. But every week, I think there's uh, there's going to be interesting tales as, uh, as we push towards the final series. In Mervac Division 1 women's, we saw a, a, the second grand final rematch of the season and it was Diamond Creek women's who prevailed away to the VU Western Spurs at Henry Turner Reserve. The scores were pretty close throughout the second term, but Diamond Creek just keeps finding a way to to storm past sides and at the weekend uh, finished in a hurry to record a 28-point win. Did have 20 scoring shots to seven throughout as well. So they are still undefeated in 2021 and have certainly staked their, their claim as the team to beat. I think uh, Darabin as well really made a statement at the weekend 
uh, the the Falcons in a, in a big win against Greensboro, two sides that were uh, evenly placed on the ladder, and, and, and Darvin having a huge victory, which is I think was just reinforcing where they they stand in in the competition as well. And uh, one other side that uh, I think is deserving of, of a mention is, is certainly Altham because they've now moved up into second spot on the ladder. They've got a, a tough uh, tough one coming up uh, uh, this weekend when they take on uh, Greensboro. It's actually a split round, so it'll actually be the weekend after. So. Um, if we, I guess, look at the way their fixture will work in finals, it just has to be separated to ensure that uh, we can get to that final series. It is a shame because we've just come off for a couple of weeks off, but uh, they'll have the split round this weekend. But Altham, a big win under lights, have made a real feature uh, playing games on, on the Friday night. And Jackie White's six goals helped uh, Altham get past Bandura. So uh, the Panthers certainly making a, a good uh, good deal of, of Friday night football. And um, in the second division, Mervac Division 2 women's, Montmorency is clearly you know, the dominant side in the competition because we talked about it last week. It was nice to see a couple of you know, top two clashes and, and in the uh, Move Act Division 2 women's competition, unfortunately it was well, depends if you say from which end it's from, but not from Montmorency's side, but from a, uh, a neutral standpoint, unfortunately it was a pretty one-sided game with, with Montmorency proving far too good in, in their victory over Hurstbridge, winning that one there, 11-16-82 to 4 goals, 4-28. So if you're looking at the, the table now, they've had the draw uh, throughout the course of the year. That was that <laughs> crazy round where we had two draws in, in the one round and, and the other game decided by less than a kick, but um, had a draw but they're now 8 wins, a percentage uh, in excess of, of 300 and um, given the fact that Hurstbridge was outside second on the ladder, Montmorency is starting to put a, a gap there uh, between themselves and, and the rest of the competition. Um, on to the netball front, and it was, well, first off, it was just fantastic to have competition back. I think it was unfortunate the week prior where um, the competition could only be played from sections 9 to 13, um, hence, uh, I guess, so in line with the, the restrictions that were in place throughout um, Melbourne, um, particularly Metro Melbourne, and I think only the optimists would have probably thought that we could have crowds uh, in at the venues uh, at, at that stage were probably just more hopeful of having the competition up and running but it's nice from a uh, I guess well first and foremost from a health perspective that um, with the number of new COVID cases and, and active cases um, reducing by the day that all of a sudden that uh, the uh, I guess the measures open up probably a bit quicker than most anticipated so nice to see people back at the netball and we mentioned Diamond Creek won uh, from the outset um, a dominant win and we always uh, like to say that the good sides I think when they're being challenged and for Diamond Creek won we know that they reign supreme in, in the section one competition been absolutely dominant one of the more dominant sides in, in really metro sport it has to be said and uh, that to come up against a side that was undefeated to this point of the year they they really made a uh, uh, I guess a uh, a point of, of uh, making a statement and, and did that convincingly in that win over North Heidelberg 3 but it wasn't all bad news for North Heidelberg 1 we, we talked about them having the three sides in in section 1 of netball this year their, their first side romped a victory over a Fitzroy star side which looks to be challenging this year they have uh, they have only lost one game prior to the weekend but North Heidelberg got the fast start. Actually, Stars started on the court with only... Uh, they got to the game with only five players there, unfortunately, so they started behind, but worked their way back and had one on the bench by quarter time and actually hit the front in the second quarter, but North Heidelberg thereafter, they were uh, pretty, pretty convincing, it has to be said, and, and they broke away to, to win quite well. So uh, from a doggy's point of view, a shame that their undefeated side was, was beaten for the first time this year but their one side certainly showed what, what they're made of as well so um, that was uh, a great game and from a Diamond Creek perspective um, Josh Ward NFNL reporter Josh Ward's had a, a great catch up with uh, Christy Gannon from Diamond Creek as well it's a, it's a great read just about what's making that club tick as well because mm -hmm. I think that that's the challenge and you've won it so many times how do you find new ways yeah. to, to motivate players and 
they just keep getting it done and I think <laughs> winning becomes contagious they don't want to give, give that up at any stage so um, with that we're going to go to the first of, of today's interviews we've got a, a chat with the McLeod men's football coach Christian Stagliano that'll be followed by uh, a conversation with Lionel Proctor the coach of the Fitzroy Stars after his side uh, recorded its first win of the campaign then we'll be back just to have a look ahead at what's to come this weekend on the uh, NFNL front you are listening to the NFNL podcast at La Trobe University, you'll learn lessons that last your entire professional life. You'll be inspired by thought leaders, change makers, and brilliant minds. Teachers who are mentors too. Learn from experts, then become one. Learn the rules, then how to remake them. Discover your path to success and find your dream course at latrobe.edu.au. La Trobe University, all kinds of clever. Joining us now on the NFNL podcast is the coach of McLeod's men's football team, Christian Stagliano. He's side with successive wins, staying right in the Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 finals race at the weekend, proving too good for Greensborough in a four-goal result. Christian, thank you for joining us. It's been a good uh, return from the break for, for your club with two really good wins at home against North Heidelberg and Greensborough to, to remain in finals contention. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. Thanks for having us today. Um, yeah, it's been a really positive return since the enforced break. Um, and yeah, had two really competitive games against obviously two really, uh, highly credentialed sides. We've had a really good start to the year. So it's been good to bounce back after the break with some positive results. If you look at, I guess, your last three games as, as a club, you've had, you've taken on the best sides in, in the competition. You were away to West Preston the week before, I guess, competition shut down over the extended uh, three-week period. Um, you weren't victorious on that day, but you come up against, I guess, the best in the business. And then you, you bounce back after the break with two really good wins against sides who, you know, in 2019 played off in a prelim and a grand final and, and a, thereabouts again this year. Um, what's it been like when you look at, I guess, obviously, the, the difference between before the break when you were seven goals behind West Preston Lakeside to now come back and, and knock off two of the real contenders in the competition in successive weeks? Yeah, look, it's, it's probably been a bit further back than that, but so it have been going okay for, you know, even prior to that, the week before West, um, you know, we had like Wilkinson, Mont, um, and then even Greensboro the first time. I felt that when we played Greensboro the first time was probably a turning point. We've sort of been able to create plenty of opportunities um, for ourselves in front of goal and probably haven't maximised our opportunities. Um, and our side early on was pretty unsettled. So sort of combination of taking our opportunities and just getting some experience back into our side, like on the weekend against Greensboro, we... We definitely had our most experienced side in and um, just those cooler heads who understand what we're trying to do um, and the consistency um, of them being in the side and playing with guys who played together for a long time sort of made a bit of a difference and just, you know, our finishing's been a bit better and just overall it's been a gradual improvement but the signs have been there for, yeah, probably six or seven weeks now. We just hadn't been able to get the score on the board, unfortunately, prior. In the game against North Heidelberg, you, you led throughout. They made a real charge at you in the last quarter, hit the front, and you were able to respond in the, in the time-on period to kick the last two goals to win. And, and then on the weekend, it was, a, a I guess, a similar scoreline throughout the, the opening three quarters where, where you held sway, but there didn't seem to be any, um, I guess, any wavering. And, and this time around, you, you held firm right throughout. I mean, did you just see even in the weeks between the, the North Heidelberg game and then the Greensboro game at the weekend, an, an improvement there in just how you manage the situation to, to ensure that uh, it didn't get too close towards the end? Yeah, we, we didn't do a heap different, but I, I definitely felt over the last you know, month, like the guys have come back from the break, break with a you know, renewed enthusiasm and definitely um, an increase in their belief and confidence. Um, 
And I think that's been a big part of it. Like, that, you know, obviously over the last couple of years, we've made a few changes to the way we want to play. And um, they've really, you know, it's just started to click and started to gel. And a lot of things we've been working on, um, we're seeing the benefit of. And just the growth and belief out of that um, has been pretty significant. Like, we had a really good week on the track. Um, the numbers of training have been fantastic. Like the guy's commitment to, to the training, to the club's been, been, you know, second to none, can't fold any of that. Um, and just that continuity and being able to get, you know, closer to a stronger side on the field has been really, really helpful for us. Obviously, as you know, when you get your best players on the park, you'd expect uh, improved performance. But uh, in that period where you didn't have, I guess, uh, several of your top liners in who were out with injury, you had the opportunity to, to blood some new players through the list and those that we hadn't seen with the club uh, in, in years gone by, but how pleasing is it to, to be able to see that their development now when uh, when you, you look at what they've been able to experience in, in the opening part of the year where, yes, you're not getting the results, but now they've had more opportunity at senior level. I mean, I look at a player like a Hayden Gill stepped up already and, and played in all but one game this year. Um, Jose Miliada comes across to the club, and, and then you've also got to a, a couple of other youngsters with, with Kobe Brandt as well, but the importance of them to get uh, game time at, at senior opportunity at, uh, at senior level. Yeah, and it, look, it was one of our focuses going into the year, to be honest, and it's, it's a great point, Samuel. Um, I think for me, that's probably been the most exciting part of the year and the part that's been you know, really fulfilling and it fills you with a lot of confidence moving forward because it was going to take a little bit of time. But I, I was saying to someone yesterday, we, we played Greensboro the first time. Um, we had eight players that hadn't played 10 games of senior footy and I think 10 had played under 15 games of senior footy and we were really competitive in that game and kicked really poorly in front of goal but you know, guys like even Jordan Corelli who's played a few games now kicking three goals on the weekend um, we've unfortunately lost Reese Rigoni for the year with a shoulder but he had an outstanding start to the year so you know, with Hayden Gill and Kobe and another young uh, young man Tony De Silva sort of playing in our back line and come across this year um, had you know, a really strong season as well. So the development of those guys and the confidence and belief that they're sort of developing as the season's progressed has, has been um, yeah really positive and it's a great thing to see, to be honest. And the couple of other guys that we had earlier in the year that unfortunately we've lost to be a few younger guys, but that development's been an exciting part of you know, our plan through the year. Um, and again, yeah, they've had some great exposure, but um, there's no better learning than obviously winning games of footy. So um, that's been really positive. Paddy Flint's had a, a really good month of football and it probably correlates with your side getting improved performances as well. You look at uh, his last two weeks against uh, both North Heidelberg and Greensbury, he's probably just about the best player on the ground and obviously has a huge impact when you're getting that, that dominance from, from the centre square. Yeah, Paddy's been huge. Um, he obviously, you know, missed a couple of years of footy with COVID and then he had the operation early in the year in 19. Um, but yeah, week in, week out, he just seems to... Um, yeah, he's improved from the start of the year. I think his first real big game was against Mont in round five, and then since then he's been in unbelievable form. He's, he just provides so much for the group and the side across the board in the way the way he plays um, and the way he engages his teammates. So he's been a huge plus for us throughout the year. Obviously now with the season shortened to 16 games, it, it makes it tougher in, in many ways when you've you had a slow start to the year to, to be able to play catch-up. As it currently stands, you're still two games outside and, and well within touching distance of the top five, but I guess the, the focus now has to really be on, on beating those sides who are, who are currently in the uh, the top half of the ladder, which you have done since the break with, with North and, and, and Greensboro as well. But I guess from, from your vision as a club, when you, you came back from the break and you knew all of a sudden you've, you know, you're down to a 16-game season. Um, what was the focus from, from your end to, to ensure that uh, you kept the boys on task to ensure that they were uh, still fighting for something in this second half of the year? 
Well, it's more about um, the things we spoke about and we really want to focus on was just what, what we could control. And obviously there's, you know, there's things in the game and things in the season and, and guys are going to get hurt and everyone you know, has issues with injury and unavailability. But it was about you know, the guys on the park taking responsibility and, and just maximising their opportunities and enjoying what they do. And, and a real focus around you know, just working hard together, um, being really strongly connected together and enjoying what they do and mostly making the most of the opportunities. We, we try, try to keep it as simple as possible and, and make it more about their engagement and yeah, and understand that after missing a year of footy last year and then obviously missing two or three weeks this year that you know you don't always get to choose what you want to do and when the time was right and we're able to return to the field that we maximise those opportunities and really work hard together. And, and again, credit to the guys that really embraced it. And, um, yeah, they're, they're leading the way, to be honest. They're sort of taking charge with it all. For you as a, as a coach, obviously your first year at McLeod was in 2019, had the COVID uh, cancelled season last year and then a bit of an interruption uh, just a, a, about uh, a couple of weeks ago now when we had the, the three weeks off. But uh, for you as a, as a coach, how is it to, to manage the list during an uncertain time where you just don't know when we're back on the field and, and how do you keep the players engaged during that period um, when, as I said, you, you just don't quite know what's uh, what's to come week on week? Yeah, I mean, obviously last year was incredibly challenging. It just all... And we played a practice game against Eltham and then the next day that was it and we never saw the players again for the best part of six months. Um, so, it, yeah, certainly some unknowns there, but through this three-week period, um, it was all about, you know, just being prepared and being organised and making sure that when, you know, we were to return, you know, we, were, we understood that there was potential that, you know, it was going to be a quick return to play and we weren't going to have a heap of notice that we were as organised and prepared as we could be. So, Engaged through the play through social media, through online forums, um, and we, we kept them going with some you know, individual running stuff that they could do themselves, and where they were connecting with each other through that and supporting each other through that through a little network they set up, and that was our focus, and that's what we did. And again, you know, credit to the guys; so it was up to them to do it, and they all bought into that, and um, really, just really supported each other with it. You've got Northcote Park this weekend, away from home. They're obviously bottom of the table without a win, but to have been in improved form over the last two and, and come really close to a win on the weekend as well. How important is it now to ensure there's there's no letdown mentally and emotionally from, from your playing group after two wins against sides inside the top five? Yeah, it's incredibly important. Um, something we're really acutely aware of. We're in a pretty similar position in 2019 and we went out there and um, they knocked us off. So for us, um, we're under no illusions of... Um, you know, how important it is and how dangerous they are on their home deck and that at any point in the year, um, you know, and the, the form shown since they've been back against, I think, West and North Heidelberg on the weekend, but how well they're going um, and they've been in those games for a, for a long, long time. So for us, especially after getting knocked off there in 19, um, yeah, we're aware of how important this week is for us um, and that we go out there, you know, fully prepared and ready to execute the way we have the last two weeks. Well, Christian, thank you for your time. Uh, it's been uh, great to see the side re- respond really since the, the, the COVID break and to get right back on track to be well and truly in finals contention as we uh, hit the, the second half of the year as well. So good luck uh, this weekend and, and the remainder of the 2021 season. No, that's okay. Thanks a lot, Sammy. Thanks for your time. The Meadows Conference and Event Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, The Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. 
Our next guest on the NFNL podcast is the coach of the Fitzroy Stars senior men's football team, Lionel Proctor. Uh, Lionel, congratulations on the first win of the, the season on the weekend. Uh, obviously for yourself, the, your first to, as a coach as well. And it had been a, a long time coming. There'd been some, some pretty tough uh, losses in, along the way as well. But what was the overriding emotion feeling after recording that win at, at Panton Hill the weekend? Yeah, thanks, Danny. But um, yeah, no, mate, it was great. Yeah, great to be um, to finally get some four points, and just great to see the um, you know just the reward for effort from these guys. Um, you know, they've been putting in the hard work, rocking up every training session and doing the hard work. You know, and it's tough to do after you know some pretty big losses um, as we've been copping this through lately, or pretty much every week. So it's just great reward for them. Um, just proud to see the guys after the game, you know, big smiles on their faces, and um, finally got to sing the uh, the songs. So that was, um, yeah, it's pretty um, a special moment in the rooms after the game. What about for for yourself? You've obviously been such a big part of of the club as as a player and, and a captain as well, led the, the side to to grand finals, and and now to to be able to do it from the other side of the fence as a coach. What was it like to to get that first win as uh, as coach of the side? Yeah, great feeling. Um, that's what I said to the guys after the game. I said, yeah, I mean, personally, yeah, it's great to get the four points, but the the main thing I was worried about was the um, what I cared more about was for the fellas, you know, just to, as I said, to get some reward for all the hard work they've been putting in. Um, yeah, it's di- different feeling as a coach. Um, you know, obviously still getting used to that my first year. Um, yeah, a different feeling, I guess, to playing. Um, and just seeing the amount of the harp, you know, the amount of work that the guys are putting in, and to be able to get some reward um, out there at Panton Hill, which they're always pretty hard to beat out there, Panton Hill. Um, even our best team struggled out there, you know, over the past few years. But um, we have got a young team, so to be able to get out there and and get the four points, um, and so now we've got a little bit of momentum from from that win, so we've just got to carry that on. Make sure we continue to rock up the training and doing the work together and hopefully build on that momentum from the weekend. A tough start to the year. It was, as we said, your, your first win from, from your ninth start and you know, obviously coming off a... It's a disrupted campaign given the fact that there was the, you know, the couple of weeks where, where we didn't play. And when you haven't won a game, how, how hard was it to you know, take that time away? And it, we weren't exactly sure when you know, the next game was going to be played, but how do you, how do you keep the guys motivated to you know, get back on the park when they haven't had a win and, and then all of a sudden the season's just uh, you know, temporarily halted because of something, I guess, that's out of all of our control with, with the COVID situation? Situation. Yeah, it was definitely a bit difficult. Um, you know, every club has, has gone through it. Um, so it was just a matter of, you know, just continue to, to stay in contact um, during the break. Um, and just really just getting the training and like, make it enjoyable for the guys. I mean, you know, we want to get to training. You want to, you want to look forward to training and um, getting around all the fellas and just making it enjoyable. Um, especially on these cold nights, you know, it's hard to hard to um, keep turning up the training and doing the work but you know we just want everyone coming down look forward to coming to training and getting around all the fellas and you know plenty of jokes along the way too you've got to enjoy your footy um so we really try to make it really enjoyable um and the guys have been doing that there's a few um a lot of guys you know come down and tell them their jokes and especially our reserves our reserves coach he's um he's a good one for the old the old dad jokes so <laughs> He picks a player each week that's got to come down and tell a joke. There's some 
<laughs> it's a real ordinary one going around, <laughs> but it, you know, it creates a it creates a good laugh and a good feeling around the guys. So, you know, just yeah, continue to enjoy the footy, even though it was difficult. We're getting beat every week, but um, I think the guys have you know really stayed positive and and worked together, and so hopefully you know it's a turning point for us again. That's uh, that last quarter. I mean, you you were up at three quarter time, uh, just shy of three goals, but but really turned it on and and. and kicked another seven so you record your your highest score for for a number of years now and it was probably something that was always known with the, the stars is is the scoring capability and, and you showed that at the weekend with with 19 goals which was a remarkable effort given the week prior you only had the, the two scoring shots so was that pleasing to see that the the ability to be able to find that connection going forward and to to be able to hit the the scoreboard so prominently yeah definitely we um we have been a pretty good um scoring side you know, in previous years, but um, it's the other way, which is, you know, sort of creates some problems every now and then. Um, it's running back to defence, but um, we've always had the scoring power. I mean, it's pretty much that last kick inside 50 that we've sort of been working on. Um, you know, it's good to put it to advantage of our forwards, and we'll be able to, we were able to do that on the weekend. Um, we made a couple of changes as well. Like Kyle Thomas um, usually plays back line for us. So we put him up forward. Um, I think Kyle ended up with uh, four or five goals in the end. Um, so he's another big body that that helps out our, our full forward Riley. Um, so another big presence down there. And uh, River Carpenter as well played mostly forward. Um, yeah, very dangerous player. So he spent most of the time forward. Um, he, I think he ended up with the four goals. Um, a couple of the young fellas chipped in like. My youngest boy, Taj, um, he chipped in with a couple of goals and created plenty of pressure down there. But then we also moved uh, Lovett Murray to the back line. Um, just a you know, steady influence, a wise head on his shoulders, so plenty of leadership. So we moved him back, um, so created plenty of voice back there. And we got Josh Savika back for the weekend, which is another big one for us, um, down at full back there. So again, you know, another good leader, plenty of voice. So, yeah, I think it was eventually going to click because um, the guys have been working hard and, it, yeah, it was just it was a good four-quarter effort on the weekend. With, uh, I mean, you mentioned late, uh, pardon me, Nathan Lovett-Murray there and obviously for yourself as a first-year coach, how important is it to have someone with his experience? I know he's spent uh, time both on the field and in the games where he hasn't played, just uh, assisting on the sideline as well, but how important is it to have uh, someone that uh, you can lean on like him who's got such a, a great knowledge of the game? Uh, obviously he has his, uh, his role with St Kilda as well now, but how important has he been for you to, to lean on as, as a coach in your first year? Yeah, no, he's been super... Nathan, he, um, yeah, as we know, he has plenty of wisdom, played at the top level for a long time. So he, he brings some great ideas and, and he really challenges the guys as well, as well at the same time. Um, gets them thinking differently about their football. Um, so he's, he's been awesome this year. Um, and it's the same as uh, James Dow, JD as well, as one of our coaches. But he played forward line and I mean, he's played at a high level as well. Um, not OFL, but like Northcote Park, he was there for a long time in Division 1. So... He, um, yeah, he knows his football, very smart and very well respected. So, he, um, yeah, when I've got those two guys to lean on, yeah, it makes my job a lot easier. Looking ahead now, and, and obviously you've got yourself uh, to equal points with, with Epping, who's in ninth place on the ladder. And 
the next two weeks for, for the club are, are big ones. This week you you, know, you take on Watsonia, which is a side that's uh, only had the two wins so far, and I'm sure it's one that you you probably uh, earmark as a, as a real winning possibility. And then you follow that up with the game against Thomas Sound at home at Sir Douglas Nichols Oval in what will be the um, Sir Douglas Nichols uh, Indigenous round in, in the Northern Football Netball League. But I imagine it's a, it's a really big fortnight coming up for your club. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, we. Um Definitely a, a big half, uh, last half of the season. We're really going to set ourselves for this. Um, and we spoke about it during the week. Is about, you know, we can't go back and change, you know, what we've been through, but we can um, we can certainly challenge at this back end of the season. Um, so it's like a reset. We're starting again. Let's treat this as a new season, this back half of the year, and really attack it um, head on and try and get some wins. I mean, yeah, next week, big one against Watsonia. Um at their ground, and then obviously yeah, the NADOC game, um, which is going to be big as well, back at home. So it, um, it's been a, yeah, a pretty emotional sort of week and a half after losing one of our, uh, our life members, only Pat Austin. Um, so it's been a pretty emotional week around the footy club, and but everyone's really gathered around each other. and um, Yeah, so it was really, we had to come out fired up, and um, you know the start was really important to get on top early which has been an issue um, pretty much all year. So we really wanted to start good and um, and let it flow from there. So as I said, we've got a little bit little bit of momentum now. We've just got to continue that. And one last one, Lionel, obviously I know you, you've played with uh, a couple of your boys out there, but what's it like uh, now as, as a coach to uh, to be uh, <laughs> the man in charge with uh, a couple of your young fellas running out in the senior side as well? Yeah, oh, it has its challenges, absolutely. It, um, but yeah, I mean, they're going well. They're training all the time um yeah the young one Taz he's doing his job he's probably one of our fittest spikes down and one of our best runners so he's zipping up and down the wing or in the forward line and you know we get amongst the goals and yeah and Jordan the other fellow we sort of moved him around a little bit um trying to get him running off the half back flank um he actually uh, got concussed on the weekend so we had to go to the hospital during the third quarter so it um yeah, sort of a little bit worried about him, but uh, the wife took him down to the doctors and, yeah, we got the phone call that he was okay, so a bit of thought was with him, but I was able to um, continue to focus on the game and, and the job that we had to do. Well, uh, glad to hear he's, uh, he's okay, and um, from a club point of view, well done on, on getting that, that first win uh, for the season and uh, maybe the, the first of uh, a couple more coming up in, in the weeks ahead as well. So uh, we really appreciate your time in joining us on the NFL podcast and, and wish you all the best for the remainder of the, the 2021 campaign. No worries, Samuel. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks a lot. As we look ahead to the weekend coming up in the Northern Football Netball League, and Jared, will have a start with yourself. With any games in particular that catch your eye as we look ahead to the weekend at hand? Yeah, having a look in Division One and Bandura or Heidelberg versus Bandura at Ringle Park um, on Saturday, it's a it's a really exciting matchup. We saw these two sides go up against each other at Yulong Reserve um, earlier on in the season, and that time it was. Bandura who got the job done, but in that game, um, Heidelberg were hit pretty hard by injuries. I think they lost, I can't remember who they lost pre-game, but then um, they had, I think, three or Lucky Wilson was the one that was out, and then they had probably three or four injuries come out of that game and got done by about six goals to to Bandura, so um, interesting to see how they they can respond from that and how they can um, challenge Bandura, and just looking at the latter, it kind of has a a big implication on what's going to happen um, in the next couple of weeks, these sides sitting 
uh, second and third respectively and just um, a very small amount of percent or not even 1% separating the two sides of the ladder. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens in that one and and who can get up and and claim that second spot on the ladder. And from your point of view, Nick? Uh, I'll head to MC Labor Division 2 and it's hard to go past Thomastown and Lower Plenty this Saturday at Main Street Recreation Reserve. There's there's a lot of impacts that's going to come from this game, no doubt. Thomastown in ripping form, which we've spoken about on the podcast. Their last couple of wins have put them in good stead. Will they be playing Tyron Leonardis and Anthony Capici? That's the huge one. And then on Lower Plenty's point of view, a huge opportunity. If they can get this win, they'll be two games clear of Thomastown with a game in hand still. So that might really separate the top two between the rest of the comp. If Lowell wins that, you'd imagine they're going to finish top three at the very least yep. and they're going to take the double chance in the final so that's a it's a huge game from from that front as well it's uh, going to be interesting on the call when you've got two bears sides on the uh, oh, on the park here, so it's going to be uh, a, bit <laughs> a bit of fun with that one there um from a, a senior men's perspective i've had a look at, at uh, meadows greyhounds division one and, and jared you mentioned the heidelberg and bundura game but gee there's plenty on the line as well for montmorency and north heidelberg as well those two sides well, they draw big crowds, and I'd expect a, a pretty big one at Montmorency Park on, on Saturday afternoon. It's fifth up against sixth. If you look at the current standings on the table, North Heidelberg is fifth, six wins, three losses. Montmorency, sixth, five wins, four losses. So they switched positions last week as a result of the, the results. North Heidelberg's percentage, 110.1. Montmorency's 101.4. So it's a big game because Doggies win that, and all of a sudden they've got a, a pretty handy buffer and they're starting to look ahead to, to probably bigger things. But from a Montmorency point of view, they'd be wanting to make, I guess, or have a response because they were pretty flat against West Preston Lakes. I know they are the, the benchmark side, but they didn't, they didn't really threaten after quarter time, bar from about five minutes in the third term. So they've got a, a point to prove that they are capable because they've shown that by beating sides like Greensboro and, uh, and prior to that also beating Heidelberg. So they've had some, some wins that showed that they're capable, but now can they do it? Yeah, and especially for Montmorency, looking at this matchup, they're five and four, and they could be challenging for a top five spot. But then, if they if they lose this game to North Heidelberg, you look at McLeod in seventh. They're four and five, and they've got Northcote Park this week, which Northcote Park showed a lot against North Heidelberg on the weekend. But um, people uh, think McLeod going to that game as favourites. So, if Montmorency lose and McLeod get a win, it's um, it, it's even worse for Montmorency and. Um, they could be fighting for sixth spot, which yeah, isn't a great sign. So it's a huge weekend right across the Northern Football Netball League. Also, um, it depends on the timing of the podcast, but uh, in the middle of the week, we've got the uh, Metro Junior Championship Games or Development uh, Series, I should say, now it's, as it's been rebranded. Um, so good luck to the junior representative football teams that are competing for the Northern Football Netball League. Um, fixtures are now on the NFNL website. It's obviously been delayed because of the fact that was due to be played over the Queen's birthday weekend, had to be postponed. So games went uh, consecutive Wednesdays during the school holidays. It is during the day, so um, check the, the fixtures and, and get out and support uh, the, the junior stars if you can. So the NFL again this year fielding two under-15 girls teams, two under-15 boys teams, and, and two under-14 boys sides as well. So congratulations to everyone that's, uh, that's been selected to, to represent the, the league and, and good luck in those games as well because I'm sure it's a, a great experience for these young stars who are maybe going into a representative program for the first time as part of their, their, their journey in the elite pathway as they, they push on to hopefully bigger and better things down the track as well. So uh, we hope you enjoyed the experience, and, and that's probably the main thing. The, the result is, is 
it will be what it will be, but it's about enjoying the experience and taking something away that uh, you can advance yourself uh, uh, going forward, both uh, on the field, but also, I uh, guess, how you conduct yourself off it as well. Yep. So um, some exciting games there. So we wish them all the best of luck. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in, and uh, we'll be back again next week. But do enjoy your weekend of the NFNL action. You have been listening to the NFNL podcast.